Hi guys, welcome to Farmer Fridays, where I get to interview agriculturists, ag organizations, and ag businesses across the state of West Virginia. My name is Elizabeth Lynch, your Miss West Virginia 2022. Today, I'm really excited. I get to interview Charity Marceller, who is a agricultural education teacher at Jefferson High School. She was actually just named as a finalist for West Virginia Teacher of the Year. So one, how exciting is that? And two, thank you so much for agreeing to do this interview with me today. Uh, well, thank you, Elizabeth. First of all, let me thank, or thank you for having me and also congratulate you on your title as well. <laughs> thank um, you. It is a great honor to be selected as a state finalist. Obviously, I am in the company of many great teachers here in Jefferson County, but also statewide. So yes, uh, being selected was definitely surprising in, in some aspects, but definitely a, a very big honor that I am hopeful that I just represent the county well <laughs> and the well, teaching I, profession well. I'm sure you do. And I'm sure it's a testament to what you're doing in your classroom and the impact that you're making on the students here in the Eastern Panhandle. So we'll go ahead and tell me a little bit about yourself and maybe some of your agricultural background. Um, okay, so I have just finished up 25 years of teaching, all of which have been in Jefferson County. Um, I started at Shepherdstown Junior High, moved to Charlestown Middle, then was at the Jefferson High ninth grade complex. Then I stayed there when it became Wildwood Middle School. And seven years ago, I moved across the street to Jefferson High School. Um, and as far as my agricultural background, I grew up on a small 50-acre farm in north central West Virginia in Marion County. My father was also an agriculture teacher. He, he taught agriculture for 47 years. So I guess you could say it's in my blood and I've kind of grown up around um, agriculture and FFA all my life. So I unfortunately don't have a farm here in the Eastern Panhandle. It's a little more expensive, um, but uh, you know, I think that that's representative of a lot of the students in this area who may not have access to an actual farm for hands-on experience. But there's a lot of still, so a lot of agriculture here um, for them to be involved in and to understand that there's a lot of careers available there. So I've enjoyed teaching for 25 years and hope to put in a few more. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> That's amazing. That's a huge milestone. And thank you so much for your service to the students here in, uh, of course, Jefferson County and the Eastern Panhandle as a whole. So tell me all about your job as an agricultural teacher and the role that you play at Jefferson County High School. Um, so I, here at Jefferson High School, am one of two teachers. I actually have a new colleague this year that I'm excited to sort of uh, help along and in his beginning journey as an agriculture teacher. But um, I, I, in our program, we offer several pathways for students. Students would take an introduction to agriculture course, and then they would kind of pick a pathway that they're interested in. So we, he will be teaching mechanics courses and courses in natural, natural resources and wildlife management. And then I kind of teach the other side of plant and animal and food science. So kind of incorporating that so students can kind of get get a general informational, you know, as a, hopefully as a freshman and then kind of pick an area that they're more interested in. And the goal would be for them to become completers in that pathway so that they can leave high school with a completer certification, you know, which basically tells a future employee, employer, um, or a 
whatever business, if they go straight into a business or into a college or whatever they decide to do, you know, after graduation, hopefully we'll show them that they have some background experience and knowledge and skills developed in that particular pathway. That's the ultimate goal is to prepare them for life after high school, whatever they choose to do. Um, I was super thankful that I got involved in my ag program at Musselman High School, and I was in the animal science pathway, and I loved it. I'm so glad that I did that. It kind of put me on the path that I am today. So, you know, having those great teachers start you off in that that journey is always phenomenal. And I know that you mentioned, too, that your, your father was an ag teacher, and that kind of set you down this path. So why did you stay down this path? Well, um, I guess just because uh, it was funny because when I when I graduated high school and I applied to go to school at WVU I actually had picked agribusiness as my major okay. and the summer right before I started I was like I don't know I don't know if this is really what I want to do so I actually went went to the university and met with the professors at that time in the agriculture education extension department and switched my major before I started high school and, or college. And I, I didn't know for sure that that's what I, I still wasn't hundred percent sure, but I started taking classes and I, I knew I wanted to do something in agriculture because I, I love it. So um, it just kind of worked itself that way. I got to student teach and I, I really enjoyed the student teaching aspect. I enjoyed delivering lessons, but, you know, getting that sometimes it's not always positive, but that feedback from students. And so it's just kind of, I guess I thought, maybe I could do this. (laughs) And so I applied after graduating college and, and it really, what's kept me in it are the students. They're, they're what makes the job enjoyable. I mean, I would probably tell you that most, most teachers would not say I enjoy grading papers or anything to that to that nature. Um, it's really working with the, the students themselves that make the job what it is. <laughs> no, I, I completely understand that. And I know you mentioned too, something about a lot of hands-on experiences and hands-on opportunities for these students. Can you go into that, touch on that a little bit? Um, so I just actually last night returned from a CASE Institute. CASE stands for Curriculum for Agricultural Science Education, and it is a national curriculum. And I'm certified in three different areas there. We use a lot of those, um, that curriculum, not 100%, but a lot of it in several of our classes here at Jefferson High School. What I love about it is it has a lot of hands-on laboratories, activities, and it's great because it's allowing the students to um, sometimes like, you know, it's not just all lecturing. And obviously there is a component there where I have to feed the students information. But a lot of times it's discovering that information out on their own through an activity or through a laboratory situation, hands-on activity. Um, Of course, we have, I I don't teach the class in mechanics, but of course that's a very hands-on class. Mm -hmm. Um, In our plant science class, we're working in the greenhouse. We had chickens at one time before COVID. So my students in my animal production management class were caring for chickens and selling the eggs here at school to, to teachers. We worked with the cafeteria to get leftovers from the, you know, from the cafeteria's salad bar that they weren't using anymore. So the students are getting to, get hands-on experience. And they may not have that experience, as I said before, at home, but we're trying to provide as many opportunities as we can for them to see that agriculture and and kind of work on those problem-solving skills because agriculture is, you know, there's a lot of 
a lot of need for obviously everybody has to eat. So <laughs> we definitely need to be developing the minds of scientists and, and the farmers and people who are going to be really pushing forward to create, to create, grow new products. But, you know, not just a lot of people think only farming, but there's just so many aspects to agriculture, the marketing, the transportation, all of those aspects. And the more I talk to different industry people, the more I realize that and I think probably everybody has heard this is there's a lot of jobs available out there right now. Um, and so I think it's a, a good season for students who, you know, really going to have a, a lot of choices to pick from as they develop those skills. And once they graduate to really go into areas that they, they really, I think the job opportunities are there and which is exciting for them and their future. And one of my favorite sayings that I gathered from FFA is agriculture is so much more than cows, sows, and plows. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being able to talk about that in the different careers in agriculture in your classroom, and then also providing those hands-on experiences so that, you know, people can maybe spark that passion for it is a huge thing. And I know going through high school, I always remember those hands-on opportunities over sitting there and lecturing all day. So I love that. That's, that's amazing. So you're also an advisor for your FFA chapter at Jefferson High School, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. So for people at home who may not know, what is FFA? So FFA is a national youth organization developed for students who are enrolled in agricultural education classes. And primarily most of those classes are in a public school setting. Um, although there are a few chapters across the nation, not in West Virginia, but across the nation that are actually in charter schools, mm-hmm. but um, the primarily it's public education. It was developed in actually from Public Law 740 that Congress had passed, and so FFA is an is a component of the agricultural education program. So there's three components. There's the classroom laboratory part that we're most familiar with. There is FFA, which is providing the leadership components. So students are learning information in the classroom, and then they have the opportunity to put those skills to work in different FFA activities and competitions. And then there's the third component, which is supervised agricultural experience. So every student is required to complete a supervised agricultural experience. And that is basically world, real world application of what they've been learning in the classroom in an area in agriculture that they're interested in and want to know more about. Um, and sometimes that ends up being a career that they choose and sometimes it's not, but at least they have grown personally. They have to keep records. And so record keeping is always a lifelong skill. Everybody's going to need to know that information, manage your checkbook and so on and so forth, making business decisions. So, you know, I, I think that the all of those components of a student really invests themselves and all three that when they graduate, they're going to be so much further ahead than their peers because most programs are not offering all of that real world experience, those leadership skills that FFA helps to provide. And so that's, I think, exciting. And I think it's something that's unique to the agriculture education program nationwide. I love that. And I love that a student can join FFA and gain all of these different experiences and, of course, leadership skills and professional development. There's so much that a student can gain from being a part of FFA. And I know personally, I loved my time in FFA. I loved all of the different things that I got to do. Um, so it's it's a huge opportunity. And I know, too, that you don't have to have any sort of agricultural experience before joining FFA, correct? 
Correct. Absolutely. Definitely not needed. Um, I have lots of students and as well as across the Eastern Panhandle that are living in housing developments. I, I personally live in a housing development, so I totally get that. But um, one of the great things and one of the things that I love about this area is that there are we have such a great community support. Um, the agricultural community here is always supportive of the students and FFA programs and what they're learning. And they provide those opportunities for students who may not have that ability or the resources to do that. They're more than happy to help. You know, I'm pretty sure if you call just about any farmer in our area, they would say, sure, bring them over. I would love to show them around my farm and, and teach them some things. So I. I feel like one of the things that's kept me in Jefferson County, um, and even I know it's true in Berkeley County as well, um, you know, our, there is great community support. And, and without that, our programs couldn't thrive, that's for sure. So Absolutely. I'm always very thankful for the community support that we have here. <laughs> now, the other thing too is the FFA Creed. I talk about the Creed. 24-7, I feel like it's one of the things that I have absolutely loved and really carried with me throughout the rest of my life. And one of the things in the creed is talking about the joys and discomforts of agricultural life. So what do you consider a discomfort or a challenge when it comes to teaching agriculture? Um, I would say, obviously, there's lots of challenges in teaching, but in teaching agriculture specifically, it is getting across to people that it isn't just you know, farming, that there are a lot of areas. And the other challenge is just trying to meet students where they are. Um, it's it's a kind of a, I guess, a sad point, but a lot of students, unfortunately, don't have a supportive home life. They come to school with, you know, some issues that they don't really have control over. And um, so I think trying to meet students where they're at you know, at, there's so many different varying levels of that, both um, physically, you know, whether they're hungry. I mean, one of the basic things that we learn in education is you can't, your mind's not going to work if you're sitting there and you're thinking about, I'm hungry all the time. So simple things like that are definitely challenges, um, not necessarily food wise, but I think for students today, they're dealing with a lot of things and, and the COVID pandemic has exacerbated that, which we've seen in education. It's really really hurt students mentally and emotionally. And they, they need some, they, we need to meet them where they are and help grow them. And so it's just requiring more effort and, you know, being a little more creative about how we go about doing that in education. And I know that uh, just from hearing you say that, uh, that's probably one of the many reasons why you are up for this award for uh, finalist of the year <laughs> when it comes to your teaching stuff, because it's the fact that you even recognize that when it comes to your students means you care. And that's a huge thing. And I know that I appreciate that. And I'm sure other parents and students appreciate that as well. So I wanted to make that point because I, I can guarantee you that's one of the reasons why you are. You. <laughs> um, so you talked about the discomforts. Now talk about the joys. What is the best parts about teaching agriculture? Um, the best parts about teaching agriculture really would be moments when the you can see the light bulb click. Like, obviously, you're not seeing a light bulb turn on but you can see it in their eyes and in their facial expression. Um, and that is obviously you're like, yes. Um, I, one of my favorite stories, and this was back when I taught middle school, we were doing a water quality study on Elkfront watershed down here in Shenandoah Junction. And we had been, I took students down and we took water samples and we would compare and analyze and 
from, you know, month to month. And then we also would meet with, there was a science teacher, Harpers Ferry Middle School at the time that we would Zoom with. So our classes would analyze and Zoom and they were testing further downstream. So we were comparing those and we had done some microbial um, E. coli growing uh, in our, well, we didn't really have much of a lab, but you know, we had some, some Petri dishes and some auger in there. And the kids, I remember this kid looking at the Petri dish and there's bacterial colonies in it, obviously. And I'm telling them how you count bacterial colonies. And he said, that's in the water that I'm drinking. And I said, yes. And he was like, that's disgusting. (laughs) Now, obviously that water was going through a water treatment plant. So it wasn't like we were drinking water out of the stream, but that was a light bulb moment for him that, oh, and I thought we've done this so many times and it's just now like clicking in there, but he gets it okay, this is why we're doing this kind of testing. So we can make sure we're treating the water properly. So humans are having a safe drinking supply. So it was, um, (laughs) that was a great aha moment. But over the years, watching my students win awards and, you know, be successful in specific FFA competitions or as a chapter, and even just watching them graduate as individuals and, and seeing them move on to something that they really love and are interested in and want to continue doing. And sometimes those careers, like I said, are in agricultural fields, but sometimes they're not. Sometimes it's they're, they decided they're going to be a nurse. And you know what? I'm saying, go for it. I hope that we have equipped you with the skills that you need to be able to, you know, do whatever it is that you choose to do. But being productive citizens, you know, I've had, after 25 years, many, many students <laughs> and, and seeing them, you know, prosper and flourish in whatever field they've chosen is, is rewarding enough to me. So clearly you taught your students so much over the last 25 years, but what have your students taught you? (laughs) Well, I guess they've, they've taught me patience probably. Um, And not giving up because obviously I do care about them. So, you know, being patient when you're having a moment yourself um, and trying to, to kind of, Put, put that in perspective, you know, and I think one of the greatest things about teaching students and what helps me mentally, personally is there's their kids. They don't, they're not supposed to have the world figured out <laughs> and I'm okay with that. I, I, that's forgiving to me. I can say, you know what? It's okay. Maybe there's a lot of 40 year olds that don't have the world figured out either, but you know, to me, they're, they're young and they're learning. And so if they're putting forth that effort to learn, then that's great. So I, I, I think patience is probably the one major thing that they have taught me over the years, although I'm sure there's probably a laundry list of other things, but being patient and understanding of what, you know, that student, where that student is, I think is, has been a learning process over the years for me to, to understand that. And that just comes from interacting and building those relationships with students and, and over the years, it's not something that just automatically clicks when you start teaching. So I love that. I love that so much. I kind of (laughs) switching gears a little bit. I was reading that you also participate in organizations that help target food insecurity. Um, Is this something that you can go into? Um, Well, yes, I, so I have participated um, over it's been 12 to 15 years. I'm not sure exactly, but um, with the Kids Power Packs program that's um, through C- Community Combined Ministries in Berkeley County. And so I 
I got involved in that through my church. And then at that time, it was just in Berkeley County, but I lived in Berkeley County at the time. So that was fine. You know, we would go and pack food and those kind of things. But teaching in Jefferson County, I realized that there was a need to bring that program there. And there was a desire from, you know, the director there to, to pull it into Jefferson County as well. So I tried to, my husband, and I tried to work because he's also a teacher. We tried to work on helping that process of getting it into Jefferson County. And now all the schools in Jefferson County, and I think all of them in Berkeley County as well are, you know, have access to the program. So that is um, important. I was just at a, at a food science and safety training in North Carolina last week. And one of the things we were doing is researching food insecurity. And it's pretty shocking to look and say that 38 million people in the United States alone are considered food insecure, meaning they don't have access, regular access to you know, healthy, nutritious food. And anybody who goes to the grocery store can see the most nutritious food tends to be way more expensive than the processed cheaper food. And so that's important. And one of the things that I've tried to do here, we've done in the last couple of years is we have a lamb lab and we decided as a chapter, we were going to grow some potatoes and, and last year we did potatoes and onions and we donated them to um, Jefferson County community ministry so they could distribute them out in the community to those who are in need. So doing things like that and getting my students involved in community service and helping them to understand a lot of them have never grown potatoes before. So just even just that they'd come, they've came all summer and worked every two weeks on weeding and hilling up the potatoes. And so for them to see like the whole process and for them to have that re reward at the end that, wow, we only, we've only planted a hundred pounds, but look, we have about 300 pounds that we've harvested. So that's exciting for them to see, you know, that whole process and to have that agricultural experience, but also is a community service project. And so anytime you can get kids involved in community service projects, I think that's really important. So that's just a couple of examples of some food insecurity areas that I've been personally, um, you know, kind of pushing to get into help, obviously, those 38 million people, obviously, and they're not all in our area, but definitely um, a need is there for, for us as agriculturists to to meet and it's it's a daunting task considering the transportation issues that that we're having nationwide and and even globally you know and the food issues that are going on as well globally so it's not going to go away everybody has to eat so it we need to be able to be able to in agriculture education to prepare those students to meet those challenges that that they're going to be dealing with obviously even 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 as a consumer of food and this is this is phenomenal. I mean, you're not only making an impact on your students in the classroom, but you're also making an, an impact in your community and then getting your students to also do that as well. So I, mm -hmm. I love that. I love everything that you're doing. Um, so I've got two more questions for you. If there was one thing that you could pick, what is one thing that you would want people to know about West Virginia FFA or students who are involved in FFA? Um, well, I think because of a, an FFA student, and who has really immersed themselves and become an active member. And they've developed skills that, like I said a little bit earlier, that their peers may not have had the opportunity to develop. So I think that that makes them highly employable um, people, you know, um, 
there's, as we said earlier, there's plenty of jobs available depending on the area that you want to go into. So I, I think that I guess for other people who may not be aware of the program, I would say learn as much as you can. You know, talk to these students. There's, there's been past students who have said they walked into an interview and before they even really got very far in the interview, the person interviewing them said, you were an FFA, weren't you? And it, and they were like, yeah, how did you know that? Well, because I ha you have communication skills because I can tell by the way that you carry yourself, you know? So I, I think that maybe for those people who are not aware, um, I would ask that they would look into um, students who have been through an agriculture program, because that's one of the things that we're trying to develop our leadership skills to make them a productive citizen, obviously, within the agricultural field. But honestly, if you look at the FFA mission, it's the idea is to make a positive impact on the lives of students by developing their potential for premier leadership, personal growth and career success none of those things say they have to be doing that in the agricultural field. So I think no matter what walk of life or business that's out there, they should consider these students as, you know, good employees or potential employees. I love that. And I agree with that 100%. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I've got one final question for you and I hope that you'll appreciate it. I ask this question to every single person that I do a Farmer Friday interview <laughs> with. And it's something that I, I absolutely love. Again, I love talking about the FFA creed. So it's kind of based off of that. So why do you believe in the future of agriculture? Well, obviously, that without agriculture, we would be naked and hungry. That's what we like to say. Um, and so it's essential everyday life that every person on the earth needs. And so what we're doing in agricultural education is trying to prepare, as we have said, you know, future business leaders, future politicians, future, um, you know, whatever they decide that they want to do. And, and I think that that's exciting to be a part of, you know, and I see my students every day and the skills that they have and the potential that they have. And so I would love to think that that the future of agriculture is bright by just seeing them on a daily basis and the hard work that they put in, um, because I do have, I do have high expectations and I, and I push them maybe, maybe further than they're comfortable with. But I think in the long run, when they look back, they can say, okay, I'm, I'm glad that I was pushed to, to consider doing and getting involved and, and being an active FFA member and involved in agriculture as much as I was, because even if they don't have an agricultural career, um, they can obviously benefit from the program. So I wish I had access to all students at the school, but um, I will take the ones that I get and try to do my best in helping them to see the future of agriculture involves them too. Again, just another reason why you are a finalist for West Virginia Teacher of the Year. Um, so Charity, thank you again for taking the time to speak with me and telling me all about your story and your job as an agricultural teacher here in the state of West Virginia. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And I really love this Farmer Friday. So I think that's awesome. And kudos to you for taking the time to do that and to spread the, the love that we have for agriculture to everyone.
Well, I'm very, very proud of my job. I love what I do. So thank you so much. All right, guys, that is the end of my Farmer Friday interviews. Please check in next week to see what exciting guest I have. Uh, thank you so much for watching. And remember, as always, to thank your farmers. Thank you. Thank you.